you got to do like the the like the Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen like share the mic like <laughs> yeah we were born with <laughs> little Stevie Van Zandt oh, sharing that the totally mic works. with me that totally works <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are wiring up as many microphones for as many people as we possibly can. My name is Brock Dennis. And I'm Aaron Flores, broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. That was an acrobatic move that you did there to retrieve your device. (laughs) We are the show that brings you somewhat crowded conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains, and transit. Adventures, life hacks, and dexterity. That's right. <laughs> Conversation killer. <laughs> the motion Cause, of hands. Because I was, I was, you know, you know, reaching for the mic. I was, you were dexterous. Yes, you were very dexterous. We've thrown you off. <laughs> so we've got a full room of people today, and this is uh, this is a nice bonus show. I'm really excited about it. Uh, before we do that, I'm just going to do this. Ha ha! Aaron always does this in the show, and I'm always jealous of. Uh, <laughs> Sound effect that he makes. So I didn't know. I didn't. I, I didn't, didn't know, know. I was jealous. Was like, yeah. Oh no, you're good at it. We should. We should share that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always open my my drink before we roll tape. So you're good at waiting. I'm not. No. I'm also. I'm drinking a kombucha tonight because it's my sober September. It's the first show we've recorded in sober oh, September. Oh snap! I know, I right? I was wondering. Yeah. Because we were out for drinks and you had a kombucha and I didn't. Yeah. Why? I didn't make the connection. Why? Yeah. Uh, it's because it's sober September. Uh, October comes. I'm having beer again. But, you know. So, uh, anyways, we're here with a bunch of folks. Um, so, I will go around the room. And, first of all, uh, Megan has been here before. This is Megan Ramey from Bike About. Hello. Hello, everybody. We're also joined. And uh, can, can we reach this all the way around to you? Yeah. Hi. What's your name? Hi, Annika. Thank you for joining us. You're part of the Ramey family and part of the Bike About uh, adventure. Uh, Aaron Flores, you know. You know Aaron Flores well. If you don't, then welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, new <laughs> listeners. <laughs> and then uh, next to Aaron, Galen Mook. Hello, how are you? Hello, how are you? Oh, we should call you DJ yeah, Hot Mike. Oof, oof. I guess you're going to have to lean off of this one a little bit. No problem. Uh, but no it's good, good to see you in Portland. Uh, Galen is one of the hosts of Bike Talk 881. Oof. Yes, we are uh, broadcasting out of Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, bi-monthly. It sounds like you've done that a couple of times. Yeah, it's been a few. Uh, <laughs> we are out of MIT's radio station. It's the FM, so it's actually live and broadcast out from a transmitter. So I'm right. excited to be in a, uh, I don't even know what time and space I'm in right now. Time and space matter not when you do a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Very nice. Yeah, uh, it's good to have you. And you are visiting with uh, DJ Hot Mike, the real hello, DJ Hot Mike. It's nice to be here in... Sunny Portland. <laughs> yes, it's it's unseasonably sunny, I suppose, for the conditions. Uh, but it's good to have you in town. Uh, your real name is? My real name is Jess. It's good to have you in. Thank you for joining us. So uh, two folks from uh, Cambridge, Boston. Uh, do you folks live in Cambridge or Boston or we somewhere Boston, else? Okay. But the radio station is in Cambridge. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, I visit When I visit, my relatives live in Medford, and I usually go to Somerville. So uh, the times I make it downtown to Boston... The actual hub are far and few between now. But I've heard about a lot of cool things happening in Boston because of Bike Talk 881. 
and so I uh, I need to drop by and uh, join some events. I think I was asking questions last night. You guys did the uh, the Portland Thursday night ride mm-hmm. last night. We did. Yeah, and uh, I've been meaning to ask some questions uh, about how to connect with events. Like, how late did you sleep in afterwards? <laughs> we didn't stay out too late. Yeah, it was like midnight-ish by the time we rolled back to the our, our sleeping spot, so yeah, not did, bad. We did go to get some dinner, and they were like, Turning on the lights and turning down the music to try and shoo us out of there, but okay. Oh, so you ended at, at, at like an indoor location or something? No, 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 no. We peeled off and went and got some food. Oh, gotcha. Okay, and then they turned the lights off. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, it's kind of like the midnight mystery ride, which is happening tonight. What time does that start? <clears throat> uh, midnight. Okay. Wait, no, 12. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. Uh, so, yes. Anyways, glad to have you two in town. And uh, the other half of Bike About is over here. Uh, Kyle, to my left. Uh, yes, that is correct. Hi, I'm Kyle. Uh, thank you for joining us as well. My pleasure, sir. I feel bad uh, splitting you two up in the introduction so far from each other. Uh, no, it's fine. I can see her. It's better this way. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Kyle's but, actually, if I may jump in, the uh, visual designer of all of Bike About. So if you uh, check out Bike About, you will see the the eye work of Kyle. Usually he's behind the camera. That's right, yeah. Bike about. And so anybody who hasn't heard the episode, uh, maybe do you both want to explain what it is that you do? So we write travel guides for North America's best biking cities, in short. But in long, we connect bike tourists or just people that want to see cities by bike um, with the best eating, drinking, and sightseeing options that there are. So it's not really about the bike. It's just about seeing a city in the best light possible, which is always by a bike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're a little biased, but yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and you folks connected in Cambridge, which is why you're all here together. Right. Yeah, here we are, West Coast, yeah, in an Airstream trailer. We got the Ramies before they, you know, bailed on the East Coast and moved out here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like so many before them. I grew up in so the southeast. Megan grew up in Wisconsin. We lived in Wisconsin first. New England was a really good job after grad school. Uh, we met some amazing people, and it was fantastic. But we came out to Portland to visit, and we went, "Oh!" <laughs> Instead of working for New England, you should work for Portland. Uh, mm. Kind of, yeah. I, and I've, I, my job in the relationship is to have you know benefits and insurance and stuff. So <laughs> I, I can do that in a lot of places, and, and I do it here now, and I used to do it there, and. Uh, yeah, this this is this always felt more like our people, um, without mm. saying anything bad about New England. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, who would, right? <laughs> not me. Everyone who lives in New England, certainly yeah. not me. Yeah, no, c- come over there. We'll we complain a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and by the way, Megan, it, because of the physics of this microphone, if you need to say something, just push me out of the way because my my head will be directed elsewhere. So just make yourself known. Uh, so yeah, we're going to talk about a couple of different things. But first of all, uh, I would like to uh, talk about Galen and Jess. You've both visited Portland for the very first time. Tell Ooh. us about your journeys because you started somewhere else uh, in the state and came here later. Yeah. yeah, go for it. So we started out in Bend, um, where my brother and his family moved to about two years ago. And this was our first time, actually our first time visiting any of the places that we've been to this week. Um, I had been to Oregon before, but only like mildly. Um, How does one mildly go to Oregon? (laughs) (laughs) I was on this train journey with my mom in high school from L.A. to Seattle, stopping at various points along the way where we had family. And so we stopped for like, I don't know, one day in Eugene um, to visit a family member, but I like hardly remember it at all. It's like right. an, after- an afternoon tryst in Pretty Oregon. Much, yeah, exactly. Um, except not at all because we were visiting family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bend was, um, Bend was uh, the desert. 
which I was surprised by. Yeah. yeah, you weren't expecting desert. No, I was not. I was expecting and like so tall, lava. lush trees. Yeah, and it's like there's almost prehistoric dinosaurs encased in lava rocks that were walking past. I was like, okay. <laughs> and this the crazy is... part, there were being in the desert is is weird for people from New England for a couple of reasons. Yeah. One because well, there are really two parts of the same reason, which is that things don't erode because there's no water. So like the lava, the lava fields. Like, these rocks are still just, like, rocks. And you're like, why are these still so jagged and bubbly and everything? Like, what? Like, yeah, like, we had we had mountains and yesterday? lava, but they turned into dirt and trees. Yeah. But this is now just rocks, as far as I can see. And I, also, I, don't, I don't get it. There's all these mountain bike trails that are, like, on the side of a cliff with, like, nothing. And it's like, how does this stay here? Like, yeah. if this how does was, it exist? If yeah. this was in New England or, like, the other side of... Oregon or wherever, like this entire trail would have washed into down the hillside long ago. And so it was kind of crazy to be on these like little tiny dirt track, just like balanced precipitously on the edge of a cliff. And, it was, and it, like, it's fine. It was also cool because I've also been in the Southwest as Jess has too. And you know, you get the desert, but then you get the desert that goes directly into pine forest. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's like, kind of nuts. Hmm. Yeah, we're very close to trees in the Oregon, in the central Oregon desert. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so we went um, we went to Smith that Rock cool. and and did that hike and and we were just kind of blown away by the like super southwesty looking landscape, but then like along the river are all the super northwesty looking pine trees and forest and it was just a melding of the things that we weren't expecting. Yeah. So that that's been Oregon. And then we went to Hood River. And then we went to Hood River. Uh, uh, which, which is we, we bailed on Earlier than we expected because of the kind of intense smoke. Sorry, guys. Right. So if anyone hasn't been paying attention to the news or if you live in Oregon and you haven't been outside, uh, (laughs) there's been some smoke. There's been uh, a number of wildfires. One is uh, one is still burning. Well, actually, several are still burning. But the one that uh, affected you folks on your trip uh, still kind of at at, uh, danger stage. So um, we kind of came in the middle of a natural disaster. Right. Right. Which I guess I mean, that's. that's a way to see Oregon. It's it's the way that people are seeing it right now, <laughs> right. for sure. Is, you know, the weird not very is, though, far in the distance, just real close. I don't close. think anyone outside of Oregon is actually paying that much attention to this, which is weird. So, like, I I was on the Boston Globe homepage yesterday, and there were, like, five stories about the hurricane, the coming hurricane, and, like, three stories about the previous hurricane, and zero stories about the all the forest fires. And I was like, what's going on, man? <laughs> Guys, we're on fire here. Like we're on fire. Well, Pay attention. There is a certain something to that. Like when there is like what the, the biggest hurricane that the uh, South has experienced in some time, heading for ground. The biggest hurricane ever recorded. Ever recorded. Yeah. 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 But I think it also um, the past like at least five summers that I can remember, uh, there's been a forest fire on the West Coast somewhere. Usually like Northern California or even out in like Montana, but. The West has been on fire every summer, and so, I mean, it's a lot closer to home. But I think it just it it doesn't make news because it it happens so much more often. And yeah. Unfortunately, it, it, question, yeah. question from somebody who's only been here a year: it, Are the number of fires that are going on right now in scale with every year? Oh no! Okay. Oh no! Yeah. Okay. yeah, no, it it keeps getting worse. I was super yeah, super, super hoping it? not. My fingers are crossed <laughs> right? on the table. Like, is this normal or? Yeah, yeah Kyle, because no. you yeah. just moved here from the East Coast, and you'd yeah. rather that it wasn't that way, right? Just a year ago, yeah, it's, we had things to worry about, but they weren't forest fires. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, I think, you know, so my brother used to be a forest firefighter in Idaho, and we went on this hike with this awesome park ranger um, at the Lava Cast Forest in Bend, and so we were talking a lot about forest fires and, like, the natural cycles and, and how the forest ecosystem has evolved to, you know, incorporate pretty regular fires and sort of what makes this different. And so I think it makes, you know, it would make sense if forest fires don't make news but then you look at the map and it's just like this huge swath of like five states is covered in the little fire icons and it's kind of mind-blowing. Yeah, so there's so much happening out there. And I think the the trick is that this is the first time that one of these large wildfires has been so close to a major population center. Yeah. Uh, and so close to a place that um, like we're used to the fires kind of burning in uh, – that deserty pine right there on the edge of the uh, of the desert area, the high desert. Uh, we're not used to these fires being like in the beautiful gorge area. That's typically, even in summer, pretty damp and uh, pretty cold. And like, yeah, it's it's fairly strange. So, well, you know, it's like why we ended up in Portland now is because Hood River felt like that side of the campfire where all the smoke blows your way. Yes, you know, and you're like, oh, I got to move to the other side of the campfire. Right, and we only had that in Portland for one day. I was, I think, but Aaron, I was telling you that it was like. I think uh, Tuesday, to me, Tuesday is the day that, like, a lot of the smoke from this fire kind of hovered over Portland itself. Oh, yeah. And I looked back after it kind of cleared, and I was like, that felt like a week. Like, the, <laughs> yeah. the oh, smoke yeah. hanging over the city, to me, felt like, like, this will never end. Like, I'm this sure is, this is yeah, like I'm going to open a beer to that. Fallout, Sorry. yeah. Well done, yes. sir. Well nice. done, Kyle. You have a good, uh, oh. you have a finesse with that, that pull tab there. Good job. Um yeah, so I, I think uh, it, this is what mo- a lot of people have been experiencing for literal weeks, and uh, you know, there's there's a, a great uh, it's it's no fun to be around. And I, so Kyle and Megan, uh, you folks live in Hood River, and you've been experiencing more of this than we have, right? Yeah, it's it's been um, it's been off and on for two weeks, Megan, three weeks. It's been off and on since uh, the beginning of August, maybe the end of July. It was the BC fires at British Columbia yeah. that were wafting down to Oregon. And whenever the wind would shift um, towards the west, that would bring in all the hot air from the Midwest, and we would get blanketed in smoke. And I felt like I was um, being smothered. And um, yeah. It wasn't anything compared to what's going on now with the Eagle Creek fire. No, which you, is... what, what you would get, you know, a couple of weeks past was, um, first of all, the temperature would skyrocket. You'd go from uh, a very dry mid 80s to a, a 104, 104, 107. <clears throat> the second thing is that the a net wind, like if, which in Hood River matters because everyone's there to kite surf and when yeah all that, so uh, kite boarding and windsurfing, uh, the net wind would just flatten. So, yeah, there's three or four miles an hour, but no one's doing anything on the river. Uh, so you're just sticking to yourself as you bike to and from work. Um, and then when it shifts back and the wind is blowing east again, you get this nice, cool, refreshing breeze, and the air clears up, and everything's great. Then this fire started. And then when this one started on Saturday uh, the past week, it took until really Sunday. I mean, it was amazing how fast it happened. Sunday, you started having things blow through, and Monday, it was just... Uh, you, so we, we, I work at the river. I work, uh, one building away from the waterfront at the river and we live, <clears throat> we lived until a couple of days ago, uh, on, you know, downtown about halfway up the rise. 
from home, you can always see not only across the river, a mile and a half away is White Salmon, Washington. Uh, there's a little, the White the white Salmon River is right there. The valley is there. And behind that, you can see uh, Mount Adams. And so <clears throat> we always make up names for what Mount Adams is doing. Oh, it's wearing a hat today. Oh, it's got a toupee today. It's wearing a Russian hat today. It's got a Russian hat today. Because <laughs> yeah, you see it every day. Uh, not only could you not see Mount Adams, uh, but you couldn't see the other side of the river from home up the hill. And when it got really bad, down at the waterfront, uh, and I'm talking about this is less than a mile across, I couldn't make out the shoreline of the other river. And actually, during one of those days, there were guys kite surfing. Oh, really? I have <laughs> pictures of guys kite surfing. We're it, determined. We we yeah, set out to kite surf. They we're, we're not going to let this bring us down. They were kite surfing today in front of the Cascade Locks. Fire, yeah, like on, ground the, on the drive zero, out here. Like fire, forest fire. Central. Some of it, I think, is the fact that these guys came. Uh, some of these people, guys All over or girls, the world. they yeah. came from somewhere else in the world, and this is the week they spent their vacation money on. And they're just gonna do it. And that's what I tell myself. And not that it's just like they're locals who are just like, I don't care about my lungs. I'm, I'm gonna go for it. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's been uh, thick, thick and yellow, mm-hmm. and and your eyes burn, your nose burns. And, so so we've got some refugees. In this and, camp here. And I'll say one more thing about it. Um, we were there when it started last Saturday, um, enjoying one of um, my favorite bike about experiences that I'll, I'll remember for the rest of my life. We biked from Cascade Locks to the Wakalela Falls trailhead and then hiked into Wakalela Falls and swam in that. I swam. <laughs> Nobody else did. It's like it was, 45 it degrees. So, I'm not getting in there. So goddamn cold. But it was awesome. It's ridiculous. And then uh, we biked back to Cascade Locks and enjoyed ice cream and beer and saw it um, go up in front of us. And it, it it really does break my heart what's happened this past week as just a new resident. So I can't even imagine what the locals do. And I, I um, personally want to thank all the firefighters that are working so hard. Um, to save my Rivendale, which is, um, I'm a Lord of the Rings geek, so <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> you're, you're Shepherd's Dell, right? Mm. I, I, I think that's the actual nerd. Name. <laughs> Columbia Gorge nerd. Uh, you're out of the airstream for five minutes. You can come back in. Later. <laughs> well, I, I do think uh, there is a certain amount of heartbreak about like. I, there's, I, I've seen a lot of people talking about this. People will talk, especially on Twitter, where I'm trying to find actual updates about the actual fire. And a lot of people are just kind of, uh, you know, it's it's a lot of commentary when you follow the hashtag. Um, mm. So if you're interested in the actual events, uh, I, I would recommend there's there's actually a, a an event Twitter page that's happening uh, that they're actually posting events. And if you want data about the fire that's happening there, if you want to join the conversation, see what people are saying, the hashtag has a ton of conversation. And um, I think there are people in both camps. People who are not close to the area, people who are not affected, are like, well, trees will grow back, right? But there is a certain amount of uh, of sadness, a loss of, of something that is beautiful that we enjoy. And it's not going to be the same for a little while. And true, nature does uh, find a way, as Jeff Goldblum said. But... <laughs> But there is there is that sense of loss, and you can't you can't <laughs> tell someone to, <laughs> you can't tell someone to get over it too quickly. So um, I think both sides are valid, and this is a very complex emotional time for a lot of people. So uh, I feel for everybody. Uh, again, thanks to the firefighters who are out there, and uh, we're going to mention this on next Monday's show. But uh, Cascade Locks is home to Thunder Island Brewing, one of our favorites. 
Uh, they've been taking great care here, of here. the firefighters, and they just started a GoFundMe to help uh, bring more funds into the fire departments that have been serving the area. So uh, we'll share that press release on Monday, but uh, we'll put the link in this one too. So anyways, that's been happening. I was going to ask, how did you two, uh, Galen and Jess, how did you get to Hood River from Bend? Ooh, this is a good one. We took the Amtrak. Did you? No, that's mm. how we got to Portland from Hood River. From no. Bend to Hood River, we drove, we rented a car. Um, and it was not she's right. a very scenic ride. She's <laughs> right. She's always right. She's right. It's, it's supposed to be like the most scenic drive in America, and we yes. saw zero mountains. It can be. We've been in Portland for a week, and we've seen zero mountains. It's kind of, it's yeah. kind of terrible. But Visibility. it's fine, because we're going to come back. You know, we've yeah. been saying all week that like we we had to save some good stuff for the next trip. Yeah, the drive was whatever. I mean, well, <clears throat> you got actually a really really good treat there because you got all the cloudiness and dreariness that portland has to offer right, you've, you've seen but winter. none of the rain and cold uh, okay okay we'll take it absolutely it's true <laughs> like my, my my sunscreen has not gotten a lot of use no it's on this true trip, for which is... all of you out there in radio land i am a ginger and so i sunburn <laughs> if you like light a candle and so this week has actually been fine for yeah. me because totally. i haven't gotten a single sunburn yeah. that's great so it's a real vacation yeah yeah. So a point-to-point car rental, like you pick it up in Bend, you drop it off in Hood River? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. I love doing that. It costs more, but you don't have to own one. You don't have to take it back to where you got it. It's a really yep. useful, like if you don't own your own car, if you're traveling without one, uh, it's a great way just to get from one place right. to another. And, and speaking of bikes, uh, we also have Bromptons. Of so course. we fold those little guys up, throw them in the back, throw and the trunk. ain't no problem. Yeah, oh, they fit oh, in a rental car. And compact car? Oh, no problem. No problem. <laughs> Boom. Famously, Uber a Brompton with two in the trunk, no problem. No problem. <laughs> a Brompton also fits in the Amtrak luggage rack of uh, any walk-on train. It there goes go. overhead in like a seven thirty-seven. Yeah, despite what uh, certain people have told other people in the past, uh, you can put a Brompton on an Amtrak. Uh, oh, I do it all the time. Yeah, I, I mean, so we live in Boston, and I have a bunch of projects in Providence. And Wait, so they have Amtrak in Boston. Well, it's <laughs> well such as it is. Yeah. There's a lot of shrugging going on at home. <laughs> it might come. Uh, hey, it's, it's, it's uh, going to get here. Just you know relax. what? Wait, because you said that this show was about pro tips, I'm going to give a pro tip to pro anyone tip. out there listening from the East Coast. The Northeast Corridor train is on time going south. It's always delayed going north. If you oh. download the Amtrak app, you can check what time your train is actually going to show up. Oh, yeah. And so if you have a Brompton... And you have the Amtrak app, like you're all set. You, you can go be like, order another. You got order time. Order another. <laughs> you got time. You've got time. Order dinner, and then show up ten minutes before your train. Desserts, aperitifs. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. No like problem. Pro. So you guys took the train from Hood River or just across uh, in Bingen. Yeah. Correct. Um, yep. Over here to Portland. That's what I was trying to get at. And yeah. Also, not such great views. Okay. Right. Because there was Lots still smoke. smoke. Lots uh, of smoke. It was actually kind of a. It was a very somber ride. We were in the sightseeing car of that train, which I imagine is normally. I was going to say, do they give it a different like name? Just the massive weeping ride, like yeah, car or something. Much. Everyone's the like car the of sorrow. Yeah. <laughs> it was really. It was like it was very quiet. The no cry one car was saying anything in that. Well, it's hard because like usually people smell like cigarette smoke in Amtrak, but this was like, <laughs> is it the fire or is it the cigarette <laughs> smoke? It was really hard to kind of make that right. distinction. Were they still saying we're stopping for a fresh air break? Yeah. Oh jeez. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you took that into Portland, and then you arrived in Portland just yesterday. So we did indeed, yeah. yeah, yeah, in the train station, unfolded our bikes, and boom, 
like and magic. Strapped all roll. our luggage to the back of the bikes yep. and rolled, rolled just right like right past the homeless town. camps. And we're like, all right, we're in Portland. That is uh, that is where some of them are. I yeah. mean, there's a lot of them in a lot of places. There's a lot of people living outside. Uh, Portland is a, a decent place for that as cities go. Yeah, we were in mm. Seattle last year and saw a lot of that as well, including like on the East Coast. I feel like you don't get like the camps where people have like a tent and a bike and like they clearly like live there it's outside but they live there like in on the east coast people seem a lot more mobile Mm -hmm. and and less established there's more chasing off happening maybe maybe or just it's you know it's so bloody cold for large chunks of the year that you know it's not really practical to you know have a semi-permanent outdoor home Totally, yeah. Uh, I was curious, just as far as luggage is concerned, you said you strap your luggage to your Bromptons. What? Uh, how do you pack for a trip like this? So, um, Bromptons come with a wide range of accessories, um, which some of which are great, some of which are a little bit less great because their straps need to be longer. But the <laughs> this is an ongoing pet peeve of ours. Um, no, but the so so we have some bags that just clip right onto the front of the Brompton, and that's super convenient. And then also I have a like carry-on rolly suitcase size thing, which is pretty lightweight because it's made by um, Osprey, and that I literally plop on the back rack of the Brompton and strap it to the seat post with a bungee. And, and it balances there. It balances great because the wheels are so small that the center of gravity is still low enough. If you just have a couple of bungees, like it's fucking awesome, man. That's I, great. We we bike to the airport. It's it's just great. Yeah, I can't with, recommend it enough. With the bags that you put the bike into. There you yeah. go. And then you And just, your luggage. And like luggage like, for ten days. Yeah. It, I mean it's great. To be entirely self sufficient, including transportation and baggage for that transportation is one of those magic moments. Yeah. And including you can pop it in the trunk of an Uber or a cab if you want to on the other end. Bromptons are a magic trick, man. They really yeah. are. So are we sponsored yet? <laughs> Absolutely. I'll really tell you right now. I need one for my daughter. Can I get sponsored, please? Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll excerpt this and uh, send it to them. Oh, yeah, Great. totally. So, yeah, we've been we've been cruising around Portland uh, for the past 40 hours, tops. Yeah. Not even. Like, it's been pretty awesome. You went to the Thursday Night Ride, which is we an institution did. here in town. Yeah. Uh, yes. You caught a little bit of audio there, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. What What did you? Uh, what were your experiences? How How did it go? So we have similar like party rides in Boston, but they happen monthly. So we have to like bottle everything up and only release it once a month. But obviously, here in Portland, you have that much more proliferation. So once a week is, seems like a good, uh, you know, average. Like let's go uh, drink some beers with a bunch of people and ride. It was. Really, I would say, and I don't know, Jess, if you agree, it would really be, um, I guess, non-confrontational. Ah. In the slightest. There yeah, was there I'm... was zero car conflicts, no honking at all. I mean, we took over bridges, you know, right around seven thirty, eight o'clock. Right. right. So I'm going to let Aaron chime in, and then I'm going to chime in. <laughs> well, no, I'm just really surprised because there's usually some. Yeah. Yeah, so we, I mean... I would. I don't want to oversell how much confrontation there is on Boston rides because I don't. I think there used to be a lot more when it was like critical mass and sure. stuff. But these days, I feel like there's not a huge ton. But I was super impressed. Like we took over. There's the bridge, which I don't know the name of. That has the, the steel bridge. Yeah, sure. With the yeah, with the cars on the top and the. Is it the on bridge the that's made of steel? There are several, aren't there? <laughs> 
<laughs> They're all made of steel. It, it, it goes over the river. Uh, yeah, that one. That one. You that know, one. The, oh, right. It's got the right. cross yeah, for, and the plus. Yeah. It's, for, yeah, it's for folks to get their vehicles over the river. We just needed yeah. a little more information. That's all. Okay, yeah. So we had a bunch of bikes. So, so, we, so that bridge has... And it was only like, what, 75 of us, 100 of us? It was like 100-ish. Yeah, ish. And so we had, you know, that bridge has a bike path on the bottom level, but we took... The, we took the whole car, both lanes, like the whole car capacity on mm-hmm. the car level. Ooh. Because unless otherwise signed, every lane is a bike lane. Yeah. Sure. Ooh. Which it is in Massachusetts, yeah. too. We have to remind people of that a sure. lot. Um, but no, but so I was so amazed. The cars behind us on this bridge like did not seem to mind at all. And mm-hmm. then we get over to the far side of the bridge and get to a stoplight, and they stopped like 30 feet back from the last biker. Yep. And I was like, wow. Like, they're not they're not in a rush to get anywhere. Where the hell am like, I? They're not cranky. Yeah, I, I was riding with you folks at the end of the ride there, and uh, I think you became the spokespeople for Portland Bicycle Events. Because yeah. someone pulled up, and they're like, what's happening? Yeah. And what did you say? We're like, oh, we're like, Thursday nights, come on and join. They're, yeah. no, they're like, why are you riding? And we're like, because it's fun. <laughs> and, and what are you riding for? For fun. fun. And we were like, come on next week. We'll see you out there. Yeah. Like, and they pull a gun on you. They pull a gun there. on you. And you go, no, 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 cancer, cancer. We're running for cancer. And they put the oh, gun okay. away. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. They're like, oh, thank you. I'm sorry. I had a Boston <laughs> moment. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> No, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, we, uh, we, we, we stopped at a, uh, an establishment to go purchase provisions. I think we can say what it was. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a grocery store. <laughs> Famous chain. To buy beer. Yes. Yeah. So we all went in to buy beer. And uh, it was like 100 of us, like bum-rushing the store. Right. Not that, <laughs> not that you should take that into public and open it. That would be wrong. Right. Not at all. No. And no one did. Yeah. No and did and it was like, you know, orderly at the counters. Everybody was like totally cool with it. We were blocking, I don't know, how much of the entryway of this spot with however many bikes. We uh, we went and stopped and got firewood, which considering the previous conversations about how much right. of a fire risk we I was we curious at, about yeah. that. So yeah. there was like a whole yeah. stop. to get, and, and we went down to the river and had a bonfire. And no stadies came, no private security came. We uh Oh, there was the one time so there was some guy that um was a friend of people on the ride who got in a crash and was in the hospital and so we went over to the hospital, which is not far from where we currently are sitting, and biked up to the top of the parking garage to wave to him in his hospital room from the parking garage. So for like half an hour we were on the cool. top of this parking garage and making had, some like ruckus and having know, a time. Like you do. Sol- yeah. Solidarity. Um, yeah. yeah. But the but the ride the the folks that organized the ride had cleared it ahead of time with the the hospital security. And so as we were leaving, the hospital security guard was, you know, in their little Jeep and and we were just like hundred bikers le- passing them as, She's as like, we have a good night. She, Hope you have fun. Yeah, she was like, cheers. Like yeah. have fun. And we were like, Oh my God, where are we? <laughs> I've been, here, I've been of... here for a year and it still melts my heart to hear this. Yeah. Sorry. The land of sunshine and bunnies. It's except for not so much with the sunshine. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, not, not this time around. Yeah. That's our friend. Tim Mooney has coined that phrase and it's really true. It's, it's kind of like, I, I don't think about it much until I talk to people from other places and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is somewhat unique. Well, yeah, so that's what, the, the first aspect of the anti-confrontational nature of this ride, that was one thing. And the other thing was that just it was, you know, it was a, a, a regular Thursday night. Right, right. Um, I did run across somebody who I knew from Boston. Oh, right. Yeah. So that was cool. That was funny. Um, her name is Juan, and she's part of the party rides in Boston. And yeah. And she kind of splits her time between Boston and Portland, but I'd totally forgotten about that. And of course, what's she going to be doing on a Thursday but 
Riding bikes. Riding bikes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, and she put a lot of hard work into bringing the uh, bike party concept to, to Portland. Uh, there have been a few of those that I nice. recall. Hmm. And I never got to attend, sadly. I, I, I don't go to as many bike events as I should. But, yeah. Uh, but I really respected the work that she put into making that happen. So. Well, I feel like the you know bike party doesn't need to be a thing here because you have Bikeapalooza. You have you know a, a city that is planning for infrastructure. There is a culture of cars that respect the fact of two wheels in the road. Yeah, it's, uh, Sunday Parkways is the city-sponsored uh, bike party. I Honestly, guess, that, yeah. yeah, happens uh, well, every every yeah, month. You don't, you don't need it. So here, you know, we feel we are within our brethren. Yeah. Right, right. We, you know, we're still kind of pushing the envelope in in New England. Although so, it's interesting because one thing I was commenting to Megan and Kyle earlier that I've been really surprised since we've been here in Portland um, at how similar all the bikers are to each other and that it's there's there's you know definitely sort of a sportier look and a sportier style of bike um that everyone's riding and i think partly that's just the pacific northwest is generally more sporty but like i ride a bike in heels and a dress like every single day and I haven't seen anyone else doing that here. And in oh. fact, Megan and I, w- within the past two hour, two, 24 hours, Megan and I have both gotten comments from people of like, you rode in that? And I'm like, seriously? Like, what? Like, it's 2017. It is, like, what are we yeah. doing? No, it is something that, that my girlfriend bemoans a lot yeah. is that um, there is this aesthetic um, of, I don't know, you still have to be like yeah like sporty or or like in this sort of yeah Yeah. in this geared up and yeah geared shape well here it's also like you know you can imagine that phrase also you kayaked here in that (laughs) you you windsurfed here in that (laughs) and i think i think it's getting a little bit better but i think we still have a long a long ways to go i think along with the bike party stuff it's still um it's still in this sort of bike as as a toy as a as a sport as a exercise yeah, as exercise yeah. uh, versus like bike as as a just like a day-to-day thing and i think honestly the bike town is is gonna go a long ways into like yeah into yeah, converting yeah. that bike town is our uh, local bike share system that uh, people can rent <laughs> yeah. bikes by the hour uh, and you don't even have to take them back to uh, to a docking station you can leave them anywhere yeah we've been seeing that them. it's like the the nike sponsored orange self-locking bike share yeah. cool but what's interesting about the counterpoint to I don't understand why you should have to prescribe to uh, a certain dress code is that what does Portland have a seven point something percent mode share for for what only six only six oh only six percent mode share oh but, no losers. but Boston is like Boston Boston is definitely under two percent yeah we're like a one point four I would kill right. for your six percent yeah, so, so I don't I don't Cambridge and Somerville are up there so I don't nah, get for this disparity in um, Dorchester is dragging us down in <laughs> in wardrobe no offense Dorchester we got no, your but, heart but I love think, you Dorchester but here's the love thing, you though, is that I actually I actually think this is kind of a big deal where like I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my ground on like Boston's got something on portland on this one because in boston you see all different kinds of people wearing all different kinds of stuff riding all different kinds of bikes and in portland like everybody kind of looks the same on their bike she's also been here a day well that is that is interesting because i i thought that i i thought that i knew portland as a place where that was the case but 
seeing a cross-section of someone's experience here and that not being the case, and in fact for someone to say you wrote here and that, uh, does kind of indicate a different direction than I would have assumed. Yeah, I think I think we still have a long ways to go. Um, I'm going back to the whole bike share thing because uh, what I'm reminded of is an interview with the guy two summers ago talking about the bike share in D.C. Yeah. Um, and he said, like, do you know who bikes in D.C.? And, like, I was just like, I don't know. And he's like, people. Just just yeah, people. Just people. <laughs> like, just people. Totally like, true. Yeah. Totally true, man. But it, it wasn't like, you know, I mean, yeah, I also, like, don a certain aesthetic that I've adopted yeah, or modified to my own <laughs> thing. But You got to look. Uh, you look fairly sporty, actually. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But And uh, punk I rock. Think, <laughs> I think um, Portland. Yeah. I don't know. I think I may have brought it. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome, Portland. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. It's dead now, anyways. Uh, <laughs> where, where, I don't even know where I was going now. I totally lost my uh, Bike share. Oh, bike people share. People, people, yeah. Like, yeah. like it, it'd be great if you didn't necessarily have to don a thing. Yeah. Um, we should change that. Rain gear, I think, has a lot to do with it, though. Uh, you know, sure. yeah. you know yeah. what, though? I, I'm going to do a little product plug here for Cleverhood, <laughs> sure. a women-owned company based in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, those things are awesome. You can throw them on. I think especially the, they uh, should be cape? super. Yeah, they're yes. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. They uh, should be super popular duck, in Portland right? because they're best for when it's like, like oftentimes when it's raining in Boston, it's like raining and it's going <laughs> horizontally. But. I think they're they're the best. The capes are perfect when it's like misty, drizzly, like not raining super hard, but just like generally kind of rainy. Um, and anyway, clever hoods, man. You can throw them on on top of anything, and you don't have to like. I've seen them around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We did a rain cape month. Uh, nice. Was it like yes. two years ago again? Uh, something like that. Our, our friend Drew, who is a supporter of the show, he was a big fan of rain capes. And so we tried one out. I decided I leaned too far forward for uh, a race. Right. See, again, that's sporting. your bike. That's Everybody your bike. riding in the drop bars. I don't understand yeah. how people You're doing it wrong. Get <laughs> off the drops, man. Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> get yourself some nice You're not racing to the grocery right. store. Like, just get up. My bike's, my bike's not heavy enough, I guess. I just have to put more weight on it. I can Dude, fix you don't that. Need, you don't need a heavy bike. I have my, my daily commuter bike is an old Bianchi racing bike. But I swapped out the bars, and so they're a little bit more. They're not like full Dutch, but they're a little bit like more half Dutch, half sweeps. Dutch. Yeah, sweeps. you say that they're like Dutch reaching. <laughs> no, not that's Dutch that's, a, that's a good one. We should no, try to inform everybody about. They're this. Dutch curious. They're Dutch curious. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. So, but no. Anyway, use the other hand. But back to bike share. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna just pivot right away from that comment. The pivot. So um, no, but bike. So bike share started in Boston. DC was the first like serious bike share system in the country, and Boston was more or less the second. Hubway, um, right? Hubway, Hubway. yeah, yeah Hubway. Um, and we'll call the the, the stepchild as the second. We? Yeah. <laughs> um, so so if you guys want to dig in deep, Galen and I are. Um, we we roll pretty deep with the hubway history, so we can get into it. But can you give us? Let, let's take a core sample. Give us something deep about uh, hubway. Fascinating facts about Ooh. hubway. Um, well, I'll speak for Jess. the The money came from the MBTA. No, 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 the FTA. Oh, well, there we See? go. See, you can't speak for Jess. No one can speak for Jess. The Federal Transportation Asso- Transit uh, Administration. Association. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So. 
this is a deep cut, but I was working for the city of Boston at, at the time in the bike program, and um, we got, they called us, the FTA called us and said, hey, you know, we, you know, we heard you're looking into bike share, like you should come over, there's this grant program that we think you might, you know, be eligible for. And my boss at the time, Nicole Friedman, who many people may have Nicole. heard of, um, was like, I'm too busy to go to the, that meeting, Jess, you go to that meeting. And so I went to this meeting at the Volpe Center, which is like the Temple of Doom transportation building in Kendall Square, <laughs> um, and wrote this grant application um, for like $3.25 million um, for a bus program. So it was a like that particular pot of funding was supposed to go to bus livability initiatives. Oh. And we somehow sold this thing as like being like first mile, last mile to get to the bus. And that's why they funded it. This augments transit systems. Exactly. And so. Like, oh, we can defund our bus more? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's an easy sell, I suppose, uh, right? Uh, Sweet. Let's, oh, no problem. Right. Yes. I'm glad that's not just a Portland problem. <laughs> no, no, sir. No. Oh, yeah, we can go several rounds on that one. Ouch. No, but so that that grant provided the capital funding that um, that got Hubway off the ground. How cool! And you were a part of that. That's great. Yeah. And Galen um, was on the ground. The you know literally, like literally assembling the bikes and assembling the stations and yeah, it's bike true. Checking and. And rebalancing and all of that when Huawei rolled out. Yeah, they had a core of like five part-timers who ran the entire system. That's intense. That's uh, a lot of work. Yeah, well, kind of. I mean... <laughs> Our co-host on Bike Talk, Mully, um, Mixmaster Mully, was um, former GM of Huawei. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, there's a lot of Huawei credentials. Yeah, I mean, that's very crew. cool. We, uh, we, we saw the potential to reshape the landscape, and we all dove in like, you know jagged teeth first and lashed into it but um they but had it's really true that bike share really has this power to you know that previously you have people who are bikers and people who are not bikers and that bike share can really blend that boundary and that people can most of the time drive or most of the time ride transit or whatever and yeah. then occasionally hop on a bike and that really changes people's perspectives and i think i've seen anyway in boston that that it changes bikers perspectives and bikers behavior as well um that it's less of a sort of subculture cult and it's more just like a way people get around and it's normal mm -hmm. and it's not it's not necessarily your identity you can choose to make it your identity but it doesn't have to be we're reaching towards the dutch model in which there's no uh, there are no cyclists uh, right and exactly. no one identifies right. as a cyclist no one right. is a biker uh, everyone is a person who gets places and everyone uses one it's yeah. great yeah. and uh, i think i think bike share will help portland normalize and so it won't be that you rode in that we're like yeah of course i did because i took a bike share here yeah yeah we did uh, a ride this summer called the uh, alameda stair carry in which we found all the public staircases we could find in this one part of town Ooh. and had people carry bikes up the stairs then ride to the next staircase and carry them up those and, <laughs> and someone brought a bike share bike and oh, completed man. the whole goddamn thing <laughs> with Good with them. a bike share <laughs> bike Good uh for them. jeremy Some jeremy sadist That's yeah like jeremy's one of our donors as well and he shouldn't have to after this but he still does he's amazing yeah. uh Midnight Marathon ride, which for anyone who wants to come visit Boston, um, the Boston Marathon is a really huge deal. And um, and every year there's this bike ride where we ride the marathon course um, 
the night before the marathon, starting at midnight. And every year, a couple people will do it on a hubway. Yep. And those yep. bikes, man, they have three gears and they weigh like 80 pounds. Oh, yeah. They're and, tanks. And there are hills on the marathon course. Like Serious legit hills. Legit yep. hills. Yep. And every year there's a couple people. Every year there's like one or two people who do it on a unicycle. And every year <laughs> there's a couple that. people who do it on a longboard. And every year there's a couple people who do it on a hubway. And it's <laughs> always very impressive. Yeah, we did that twice uh, before we managed to leave out of town. Yeah, it's you, you show up, uh, you get off the train at 1130. Roughly, and then you go meet up with the, uh, the the big box moving trucks, and you find your numbered truck, and you get your bike off that truck, and then you get on your bike and you 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 ride like several miles to the start line. You're not even at the start line yet. You're in Hopkinton, but you're not at the start line, and then you ride for two and a half, three hours. Yeah, so we bike it in approximately the same amount of time as the winners run it, and that's just. How that goes? We, you know, the bike ride is is slow. Yeah, it's a lot of fun though. Yeah, we talked to. Uh, well, Hum. I talked to Greg yeah. Hum when I was in Boston a couple of years back, and oh, he Greg, gave us some yeah. of the lum- the lowdown about how the how that ride works. And he was instrumental in, in kind of making that happen. I recall. Yeah, yeah Greg, Greg is key. Yeah, Greg, Greg is the guy for that ride. Yeah. Also, a uh, classic uh, drum biker or jam biker. You were saying yeah. uh, the guy who who rides and drums at the same time. Yeah, uh, hum drum. Yeah, good guy. <laughs> You remember that film from yes. uh, film by bike? I'm yeah. trying to think of what bike he rides, what bike he puts on. Well, he straps uh, it to lots of different bikes. He's put okay. it on a yeah. Brompton before, yep. actually. That's what but, I thought. Yeah. A Dehan. He has I was a Dehan. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. But it was a folding Not bike. Not picks. Yeah, folding bike. Yeah. <laughs> folding bike. He's got a Dehan <laughs> that he puts it on there, and it, it's a, it's a six gallon, you know, white plastic bucket upside down. With a drumstick sticking off and then a cymbal on the top of the drumstick, yeah. and it's all you know, sort of electrical taped together. So he's got sort of a snare, if you will. And, and then actually, it's, if you hit the head of it, it's the bass drum. If you hit the side, yeah, it's a yeah. snare. And then he has the yeah, little splash the cymbal too. at the top. Yeah, yeah. He, so so this was a this was a thing that Galen picked up from um, Galen and Greg Hom knew each other at BU back in the day, and there was this other guy who was the first one to do the jam biking, and then Galen learned it from him, and then Greg learned it from Galen, and then there's one other guy that does it in Boston, and um, so it's become a little bit of a thing. But Greg has definitely um, kept it up much more than anyone else, and he'll just sort of that's like his everyday bike and he'll jam bike around town like I, I saw for no him, reason I saw him 45 say. times biking around Boston just <laughs> cruising along with the drum and just hey Greg hey Kyle yeah. it, it's just he, he it's like you you have to have that wealth of like patience and joy that Greg has to sort of pull that off it's an impa- or it's it's a very beautiful uh, rhythm it's a it's an infectious rhythm I think and I'm, I'm a big fan so uh, well I was just going to ask maybe in, in uh, a way of closing for the two of you Galen and Jess as far as your experiences hmm. here is there anything else you've seen or experienced that uh, you you find to be interesting confounding uh, infuriating or exciting well I, I'm curious actually I want to positive question Ooh. uh so we also participate in a bike co-op in our neighborhood which is a you know we are an education-based do-it-yourself type of bike co-op do you have that on the street mission here in portland is that really getting out to folks and uh you know how does that roll it is yeah and aaron you know there is one well i guess two uh co-ops uh there's city bikes um which is uh I think they're actually part of the IWW. Um, They are. They are definitely employee owned. I could be wrong. Oh no! Yes, that's uh, 
Sorry, that was the coffee house, the employee-owned coffee house. Oh, okay. Uh, so can't remember the name of that. What is the red and black? Oh, the red and black, right. Um, there's also the bike farm, which is a collective, a bike collective they call themselves. Um, it's, they teach you how to uh, how to work on your own bike. Uh, they do have a build your bike program. Um, not a uh, co-op, but there is Bikes for Humanity, which um, – is a, a nonprofit bike shop that uh, works with both uh, the disadvantaged and um, also with youth around um, the public school system. Right. What was uh, uh, Matthew Mendez cool. came in this summer and he yes. was talking about a new program that's oh, kind yeah. of an offshoot of Bikes for Humanity as Chain well. Chain Reaction. Chain Reaction. I can't believe I forgot Chain that's Reaction. Okay. And then there's also the community cycling center. There's a, there's a lot of people doing cool things in town around bikes. Uh, there could still be more. But, That's right. Yeah. Is it is this supported by city funds, or where are they really driving their uh, their beneficiaries there? I, I know that uh, community cycling center has an enormous donor program. Uh, I, we, as the Sprocket Podcast, are donors, and um, good there's, for you. Yeah, there's there's a number of other uh, sources for that. You know, a lot of events, fundraisers, that sort of thing. Sure. I don't know that there's necessarily a public grant for any of that i would be surprised i guess i'd be surprised if there wasn't but i'm not aware of one i know bikes for humanity has written and applied for several grants i don't know if they have gotten any right i know um uh and i could be wrong but last i knew bike farm was all sort of cooperatively run and sort of uh funded by their own shops yeah, and I think maybe the the benefit to that yep. is that you don't have to worry about like you know city coffers running dry or like yep. some funding source going away because the people who believe in this are the people who are supporting it. Stability. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that's why we support the community cycling center. It's probably why we should let's support the other ones too. Let's talk about that. <laughs> we'll figure it out while you're at it. Yeah, support them all. Yeah, yeah. totally. So with all yeah. your money, you know. Yeah, I'm just I was curious because you know we haven't been here very long, so we haven't been able to see them in action. But what we do is. You, it, it's it's grant based. It's very hyper local. It is, uh, you know, five years on at this point, but very tentative. If grant funding does run dry, well, we don't have like what Pittsburgh has, for instance, which is basically like a city funded warehouse. Mm. Um, what a lot of other institutions have, where it, it sees it as a public good. That's cool. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I imagine Portland with its you know transient population, or maybe the the camper population, we'll call them. Um, could have and there's all the, the rescue kitchens and all this sort of stuff i feel like there is this outreach sensibility to the town that i've seen in my short little glimpse of it and i think the bikes could fit in like very well to all of that yeah absolutely oh, i definitely feel like not just here but also when we were in seattle last year um i feel like the homeless folks out on this coast are much more bikey <laughs> on the east coast like yeah. it seems like everybody's got not just a bike but like a burly trailer mm-hmm. yeah um, everybody has a sweet rig and yeah. you know yeah. like five or six or eight wheels between everybody to, to kind of move it, a, a it, number it, of possessions around with it, them it's an established you know bikes are the the way that we'll incorporate our lives into this sidewalk well, you think about yeah. how much you can do with that i mean oh, and totally. how cheap it is and how far you can go with yeah. it on like a sandwich, I mean, yeah. it's, it's a big deal. So that, that's what I'm kind of curious about. Maybe yeah. we won't see it on this trip, but I'm kind of seeing like curious about how it is dealt with around here. Because um, you know, last night, for instance, we were in a random parking lot, and it was probably they uh, had cleared out one camp because this random parking lot on Burnside, which is a pretty busy street, uh, suddenly became like a homeless camp for the night. Um, and it is, you know, it's it's like squeezing a balloon where another 
part of it will pop up if you just squeeze one side of it. Yeah. Uh, energy cannot be uh, destroyed. It can only be uh, yeah. placed in different areas. Yeah. And you Conservation can, of matter and energy. You can kind of dissipate it with, with providing some services. So if it's a, a food service or a needle service or a bike service. So I'm curious as to see what the Northeast, I mean, the, the Pacific Northwest, I mean, will do with their uh, their transient population and hoping that bikes incorporates that. And uh, you can actually teach people marketable skills, teach people life skills, teach people training, uh, transportation, health, fitness, all this sort of stuff with just the bicycle. Yeah, and that uh, Mendez interview from uh, couple, like a month ago now, or what was it? Yeah. Uh, Mid-July. um yeah, it was while you were gone. He had so, some great things to say about that. I was listening to that when I was riding the bus back to Denver after our hike, and uh, that was a great show. Uh, a lot of lot of stuff that speaks to those themes. So, uh, it's yeah, there's there's a lot to think about there and a lot to know. So, yeah, uh, just a good question. A- any more observations on Portland? Hmm. Is it really that weird? Um, so far, not that weird. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> not, not, not that weird. I mean, we live in Alston. Also, JP exists. That's pretty weird. Jamaica Plan. Jamaica yeah, Plan. We have a we have a, a chopper gang called Skull, right? Uh, yeah. Which is the weirdest that I've seen in a long They're time. Awesome. Hell yes. <laughs> um, you know um, we've we've we're part of the messenger and pedicab and kind of the grungy scene. So you know we know Are that. We? We're like getting a little old for that. Well, <laughs> you guys are like 22 years old. Don't break his heart like that. Not on the air. At at, at points in our lives, yeah. So you know, we've seen the jousting with like you know beer can, uh, uh, you know, uh, what do they call them? Like a lance, lance, just like a yeah, big yeah, long yeah, PVC exactly, pipe with yeah. a beer yeah. can on the end. Well, then you just tape all the PBR cans together. Oh, sure. You drink so that, oh, that's gotcha. your lance. Oh, really? So the more you drink, the longer your lance. That's a great oh, idea. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I'd like to think that's how it works for me. You can yes. take that. Uh, no, that's a it's a good thing. And we had things like that. So you know, I'm 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 expecting that. And I I think if we come back for Petapalooza, yes, you we should. Might, we might see the extent. We really of it. should. Yeah. Oh, but man. you know, we as bike culture, we, dr- we we bike around with buckets and symbols and cowbells already. We got the freak bikes already. Uh, we've got the trailers which are converted to have couches on them, et cetera, et cetera. So. Perfect. Yeah. You know, I it's think... maybe more prevalent on a day-to-day, but I don't know. It's, it's hard to see someone been here one day. <laughs> I think Portland is definitely weird, but it's not, like, necessarily as weird as the hype. Okay. Um, and also, I think there's definitely other places. Other places are also weird, and everybody should just embrace the weird. So I stop think. moving here. <laughs> <laughs> stop inflating our real estate market. Uh, but if you got a tent, there's a good spot right there on the wilderness. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I guess we've got, uh, yes, the uh, population grows everywhere. Um, one thing oh, I was thinking wait. of. Oh, yeah. You got something else. one thing I want to yeah. add. Yeah. So um, one thing that Portland's got that I haven't seen anywhere else is modified Shero bike symbols on the street where people modify them with actual thermoplastic. Oh, uh, that's like, city. That's, that's official. Actually, the city that's what? doing it. Oh yeah, we can we can talk infrastructure for a minute. Wait, if wait, we wait, can. wait, wait. This wait. is Molly's minute. Seriously? <laughs> this is the wonk <laughs> the wonk <laughs> segment of the podcast. <laughs> do, do, do wonk segment. Because you have all these um, one ways, right? And you need to know which direction no, that but, stop sign is no, going to direct like, you to. There was the one with the cat. Yes. And then the one with the angel wings and the halo. And oh. like you're saying, the city is actually so, doing those. You guys were staying over at the Jupiter, right? Yeah. Did you not see the Prince one? 
right there on Burns' side. Yeah, guys, we got a bike over. Massive, massive inhale gasp. So yeah, again, just for anybody who hasn't seen these, you know, the standard uh, not not a Cheryl marking. Shame you didn't see the Prince one. Let me explain for the uninitiated. If you if you roll around a standard bike lane, you're going to see that like there's two circles and like a, a dude, like a you know a stick figure dude, and that's, <laughs> that's like the bike so symbol for a bike lane. A person, a uh, there's a woman on a bike. <laughs> there's two circles underneath the wheels. There's a woman on the bike. It's 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 human. white also. It's definitely a, a white dude. L- ladies is you a gender assholes. neutral term, right? Uh, so I mean, the it is um, Portland. You know? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that that's in every bike lane everywhere. That's like a national standard, what have you. But in Portland, they Top have up. modified these. Not only do you have the dude, the lady, the uh, the stick figure, and the wheels, but you also have whatever else. Like so, wherever you are, for example, in front of the hotel you're staying at, there is Prince. It is. Yeah. Well, it's a it, the describe the bike how person I, has a, has a purple cape. And in the middle of the purple cape is the Prince symbol. No. Right. Oh. And then downtown, on the west side, you've got Bowie. That's right. Uh, we had a huge Bowie versus Prince ride here for many years. Oh, Megan just right. clutched her yeah. chest. So Bowie is downtown <laughs> by the Schnitzer. Uh, down on, on the commute that you and I sometimes make, there's a golf course, and there's a guy with golf bags. Yeah. Or there, a lady um, with golf bags. On my new commute <laughs> back yes. home, there is a, a super heroine. Is that right? Yes, yes. A, a lady with a with a cape, and there's some sort of superhero type type symbol on it. Yeah, and, and she's got a ponytail. Sorry to ask, but how do you know she's a lady? The ponytail. Okay. Gender normative. Just he says tentatively. Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm sorry, long-haired men out there. This is not meant to insult you. It could be anybody. And I, I, I shit you not. There's also a. There's got to be more somewhere. that's like distinctly fe- feminine. No, I know, about but that's why it. I was but, asking. I was yeah. like, did they give her boobs? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yes. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot. So, yeah, there, there, there's also a cat somewhere in town. So there's, there's just a number just, of them. There's a knight, there's a king. The cat. There's... The, the cat has, like, flowers in its So is this, is this yeah. in Warren Mully's minute? Is this in the NACTO guidelines? <laughs> is this, like, the Portland chapter? I think we've uh, been it's adding. like Mully's here. Appendices, I think, yes. This is amazing. So I'm trying to get now. I'll try to spread this here in Portland. So you have a lot of... You know, extended bike lanes. You have the bike lane that's five feet, but then you also have the little paint. Uh, we would like to refer to that as the puffer. The puffer. The puffer. The paint buffer. Right. It's not. It's not quite a, a planter. It's not a physical barrier. It's not a bollard. It's just it's a just little bit of paint. It's just it's puffed up. It's a, it's a puffed up bike lane. Right. Right. So, uh, on well, Aaron, you and I have both made this commute on a certain bridge in town where uh, there's basically nothing but a puffer. Uh, oh, there's there's like yes. a foot of of you know. Are, are, wait, pavement. are we talking about thirty third? Talking about thirty third oh, for God. Portland people yes. who know it, uh, going well, over it's, Columbia it's not, and Lombard streets. It's not really all that puffy anymore. <laughs> no, it's true. <laughs> it's, been, it's true. It's been run over quite often. Right, so you got like one. F- it's flat now. You've got one foot that turns into nothing. That just like turns into a sharrow, so you're supposed to be oh, like geez. on the side until suddenly down at the base where there's like four different lanes all converging. Suddenly there's a sharrow right in the yeah. middle of all that. Yeah, it, uh, it sort of merges into the curb, and then yeah, and then there's that sharrow there. That is in the industrial area. I think uh, the closer to downtown you get, generally the better the bike infrastructure is. But then there is a lot of puffing. So uh, yeah, yeah, it is Portland. T- take take that term and run with it. I think if we make that a national trend. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Galen's petitioning NACTO for next year's guide. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Puff is not enough. Ooh, I like this. That's a I hashtag. Like hashtag right I love it. Puff Damn it, man! You're enough. good. <laughs> so, anyways, 
<laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad you folks got to visit. I was just going to share, Galen, when you and I first met, uh, we were working oh. on, you were uh, part of the Livable Streets uh, Coalition? The uh, Alliance. Alliance. Yep. In yep. uh, the Boston area. The LSA, Livable Streets Alliance. They were like the, back, back when, before we had a cyclist union or before, it was a, you know, a disparate set of neighborhood groups that were like shaking their fists at the city. Um, we had no bike lanes. Right. Zero. Right. Uh, this was like way back in 2007, mm-hmm. you know, dinosaur age. Right. Um, you know, so Livable Streets was the uh, the kind of the organizing faction of who can talk to the, the, the transportation planners. Right. And just be like, please, <laughs> yeah. On. And you were doing some work with them uh, on a new bridge project, I think. They had just put in a bike lane. You were uh, having people sign thank you cards mm. to the government for uh, thank you for this bike lane. Yeah, and so Brock so, and I met in 2008. Right. And you were visiting because of family. That's right. I'm yeah. there every winter. Right. And um, Brock. Yeah. Came Best in time and, to visit Boston. Yeah, Absolutely. If you ever want to come, hang out on a bridge in the Charles River. It's yeah. definitely December. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but I think you were actually on the show. We released some some audio back uh, under 100. That's not on the podcast feed anymore. Go to thesprocketpodcast.com. But, oh, uh, but yes, uh, that was how we met. And then I think we were getting together at some point, and I didn't have a helmet. And you were like, man, get a helmet. Uh, yes. So you painted you me a custom, a custom helmet. Not just that, but I. This was this was yours. This was back when Common Wheels was like a, a new, like the first or second generation of Common Wheels. Common we Wheels, had, which is a DIY bike collective. Thank you. Reading my shirt right here. It's on the we shirt, yeah. we uh we we commissioned a bunch of artists to scribble on helmets to make helmets more attractive, <laughs> um, because nobody's wearing helmets. Yeah. Hence Brock. Right. <laughs> and, and Brock shows up and he's like, oh, what's going on? I was like, dude, you need a helmet. Like, it's, shit's dangerous around here. And I mean, in 2008 enough. in Boston, it definitely yeah. was. Yeah. And, Fair and, enough. And and here's this, you know, my, my artist friend who also happened to live in the building that we were sharing the space to make the co-op. Let's no, give... Was it Dave Tree helmet? No, it was uh, Matt... Oh, blank on his last name, but Matt who does all of the scary goblin yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. all around. Yeah, anyway... Um, we commissioned him with our meager funds to paint a bunch of helmets and Brock got to be a recipient of one of these helmets. Yeah. Yeah. So I wore that helmet for like three years or something. Yes. Uh, it went with me a number of places and you remember it was a beautiful purple with a bunch of other bright scribbling colors it made its on way it. down to Crater Lake. I it believe. went to Carter Lark. Yeah. Uh, 2011. <laughs> And uh, it also went to a number of other, like all the all my summer bike trips. It went to Colorado and Yellowstone and all that stuff oh, in amen. twelve. And then I think I lost it somewhere. I went to a concert and I, I like forgot it underneath. Well, you know, a, after a bench. five years, the styrofoam gets cracked and compromised. And it was anyway, starting to so smell. So, so exactly. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wore it so much. But anyways, I, I really appreciated that, and I wanted to make sure that you Thank knew. You. I, I greatly appreciate your concern for my head safety. Thank and you. So, I, yes. I will. I'll actually pass it on to our artist as well, just to. You know, close that loop. But yeah, it, it Goblin was, Matt. It was um, it was cool. I mean, we've crossed paths on on a, a lot of like advocacy and just rides and radio. now radio. Yes. And you've also been on our bike talk radio show. That's right. It's generously archived uh, by whom? It's uh, or generated by you? I guess yeah, by us. Yes. But uh, bike talk eight eight one dot com. That's right. Has all of it. And I don't it's. On Episode twenty nine, maybe mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, live every you other Wednesday on WMBR. <laughs> every Wednesday at what time? Um, every other Wednesday every other Wednesday at eight p.m. on W. You can stream it on the interweb. Eastern Standard Time. Eastern Standard. Eastern yeah, Standard but you can call in live, which is actually the fun part because yeah, I you can't can be on live radio. I can't uh, 
basically screen you. There's no screen. Screening yeah, happens on the air. Yeah, screening. Literally on literally, the air. So. Literally, we're in the studio, and to pick up the phone to like talk to someone and say, okay, cool, we're going to put you on hold, and right. we'll be back on the air. Yeah. He, Galen picks up like an old-timey phone. Uh-huh. <laughs> one that you put up to your ear, and it reaches all the way yeah. to your mouth. It's one that's shaped like this, too. Like yeah. the thumb and the pinky <laughs> phone. The hang, lo- like- the hang loose bra, thumb and pinky. <laughs> and he, so he picks up the phone, like the large plastic handset, yeah. and sticks his head under the counter. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I turned down my mic. Okay. Of course. But gotcha. meanwhile, yeah. the rest of us are trying not to be distracted by the fact that he's like hiding under the counter talking in his normal yeah, loud so, voice. So Bike Talk uh, 881, we're on MIT's radio station, WMBR. It's, yeah. Uh, we're about a year and three months into our every other week That's uh, a great segment show. so far. It's a great show. Thank you. Uh, we've mentioned Molly, the other co-host, and uh, Gamal. Uh, he joined Gamal's you awesome. midstream, right? Yeah. Because uh, so he, he was a guest before he was a co-host, well, right? Jess actually found Gamal, poached him from a community event. Ah. And um, this is, I mean, we're- It we're was a great story. I was at this awesome community event, and we were at a, you know, at a panel session, and he asked a really good question, and I went up to him afterwards, and I was like, hey, do you want to come on the radio? I'm going to do a little segment recapping this event. And he was like, oh, can I just be on the radio like for now and always? <laughs> and we were the like, answer was yes. For free? Yes, of course you and can. And I was like, sure, yeah, come on. We'll see how things go. And then he came on the show. And Galen, he was on in the second half of the show. And so he arrived after we had already started. And so Galen and Molly, neither of them had ever met him or talked to him at all. And so he comes into the studio. We're in progress. And he, you know, gets all set up. And then Galen's like... So in the studio, we have Gamal, and he, like, says something, and he's got this really low voice. It's the voice of God. It's, oh like, God. a really incredible voice. <laughs> and Galen and Molly were both, like, hair blown back, like, <laughs> jaws like the, on the floor, like, shit, we don't have a job anymore. Like this the Memorex tape logo. Yeah. yeah. Memorex, yeah. exactly. <laughs> the, the, the armchair with the hair blown back. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm scrambling with the levels. Galen's trying to like, I don't know oh, how to shit. do these like, levels. Oh, I've man. never heard a voice like that. Oh, I can't man. make it any better. It sounds... Yeah. It, it was it oh just like sexy well he's so got, good gamal also has a just a sparkling personality as oh far as like yeah he, he is a man who loves life and yeah i, I wish i want to meet him someday. see him during the radio show because his eyes yeah. are so wide can i see him this, this winter yeah actually yeah. Okay. come also, on in all right yeah. wanna, everyone should follow yep. him on instagram his his handle is 3b commuter and it's just all these adorable photos of like himself with like flowers yeah. or his teenage son or like his yep. like plastic dragon that he has on his helmet. Yeah, this guy's like six five, long dreads, big guy. Talks about like what it means to be a person of color riding in Boston as a male, and then but his, his approach to that is like just his put approach to life. Yeah, exactly. It's like we're gonna intimidate anyone. We're, we're gonna be as friendly and laughing and welcoming and. Just disarm. It's, yeah. it's exactly perfect. That's great. I didn't realize he had dreadlocks. I couldn't hear them on the radio. Exactly. So. Yeah, they're yeah. super long. Yeah. Apparently, he Special said something mics the in other Boston. day about his dreadlocks are older than his son. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's impressive. It's legit. It's pretty legit. So. <laughs> and his son rides his bike to high school. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, on the East Coast in Boston. Teach the youth, yep. man. That's great. Yeah, in Brookline, Brookline, Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. Well, so okay, no, he so he was a great addition yeah. to the show. So, yeah. So, we've got, we've got a, a good thing rolling uh, on the other coast. Um, so anytime yeah. you're in, come on by. Is the show on iTunes? <sighs> it should be. 
It, yeah, it, can we figure that out yet? It I, will be by the time somebody's listening to this. And they're I, like, oh, I, I bet ask. you it's on iTunes. I'm like, <laughs> well, there, there, you can get it in your podcast app on your iPhone or in any other whatever you use on whatever device you have. Uh, it does take a couple extra steps. Uh, but I got it on mine, so you can get it on yours. Yeah, we'll make sure I that, know. Uh, that I, I think we shared the the link or whatever how to do it uh, back when I started listening <laughs> to you guys. So <laughs> I'll uh, I'll share that again. Really figure some stuff out. Yeah, share it in person. Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now what you do is you go up to the upper left hand corner, look for the little hamburger icon. <laughs> Just show them. <laughs> Just show them. So yes. Oh, yeah. uh, thank you both for coming in. Yeah. Uh, I would like to just briefly talk about bike about and you folks. What what are some of the next things coming? And Aaron, would you be willing to ask some of the questions so that Megan can just stay on the uh, the microphone? Yes. Okay. Fabulous. I'm going to pass this mic over here. So what is next for bike about? And yeah, where? So oh, I'm seeing the Prince uh, Shero, yeah. and it's awesome. Um, it's so like, what- it's like a purple superhero cape. With the print symbol, and I was hoping that the whole like bike would be the the purple motorcycle, you know, with the the big front and all that. I want to say that still, that's why people move to Portland. So if you want to people stop people from moving to Portland, you got to stop doing. <laughs> you got to awesome stop stuff having like this, this. Yeah, stop being like thing. empathetic and awesome and delightful in your Lake City yes, functions. Yes, there is also a rain cloud. I don't know if you saw the rain cloud and the raindrops, raindrops are. Purple. Yes. Also, I'm saying the Bowie one is also pretty amazing. God damn oh, it, Portland! God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it, so, <laughs> Meanwhile, in Hood River. Yes. <laughs> <clears throat> Where were we? So, strangely, it's been a very weird um, year with Bike About because I have um, actually gotten a lot of really good paid gigs um, to design. I'm like almost like a, a amateur cartographer now. I've been noticing on your Instagram, you've been all over. Yeah, it's um. It's a it's it's a it's a great thing in terms of having immediate impact in um, small cities in Oregon, um, like Mosier and Hood River and um, Cascade Locks and um, Troutdale is coming up um, in terms of historic Columbia River Highway. I've been designing um, trailhead signs, and so that's taken away oh, from wow. bi- from bike about a little bit. But um, or if if only financially it, is added to it. Fin- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, um, you're diversifying the brand. Yeah. Um, so so I uh, we just did Salt Lake City back in March or April, and I published that guide last last month. And um, up and coming is going to be Bend slash Sun River which I'm really excited to do. And I visited that city and it blew my mind in terms of family biking. And um, Oh, really? Yeah. No, it's a great, it's like the boulder of Oregon. Um, that's, I, that's just how it felt when I biked there. Um, and then um, potentially Santa Monica and Oakland, if we um, wow. get that trip scheduled, Oakland is actually pretty excited about being the first city in the Bay Area. Um, Take to, that, San Fran. I know. Well, that, that's like half Seriously. the point, honestly. Like, yeah. like, like San Francisco needs any uh, um, sure. promotion for, for tourism. But um, So that's pretty much what we got going on. One sec. There we, go. we had to shut the Airstream door. <laughs> Through the end um, of the year. And um, I hope to, get, to keep getting these awesome side jobs, um, trailhead signs, because that's really where my passion is, is connecting... 
bike tourism to the dollars that it brings to the communities. Um, and are you working with the uh, the scenic the Oregon Scenic Bikeways? Then is that like how you're? Yeah. Getting so in and that's actually or? thank you for bringing that up. That's another side project. So uh, Travel Oregon is merging. Oh. The um, Ride Oregon Ride website uh-huh. with their main website, which is Travel oh, Oregon. And um, they asked me to curate two urban rides, one for Portland and one for um, Hood River. And so the Portland one I did, which is um, I lead a Airbnb experience like twice a month just to get me away from the office. Um, and it's a way for me to have just a really nice free um, essentially focus group with tourists biking through Portland, eating, drinking, and sightseeing. And so I took that route and put it into a formal route for Travel Oregon called the Gluten-Free Graze by Bike. And then they asked me to do one for Hood River, and I call that the best under 10-mile bike ride in the in America. Um, and it's from Hood River to, to Mosier. So I am kind of working with Travel yeah. Oregon, too. Um, but it's mostly done through the historic Columbia River Highway. Okay. And so the historic Columbia River, we we know, goes through the gorge. Yep. Um, yeah, so yeah. how is that affected with the fires? And uh, Actually, <laughs> tremendously. I just yeah. uh, received an email from them a day ago and almost started crying as soon as I opened up the email because um, if anybody knows the I can never say the name right the Oneonta Gorge Oneonta, yeah. the tunnel that's right next to it caught fire yeah I saw pictures of it it's pretty, and pretty bad the, in the email they said that essentially we can't um, know how it affects the Columbia Highway until it starts raining because all of the structural oh, components snap. yeah of the the cantilevered bridges and um it's all we're waiting to see what happens because right. uh, the tree how root, much of that land is yeah, going to be the sliding tree, due to yeah the, the tree roots also the, they support everything so it is really sad and um i'm still very optimistic that um the whole thing will connect by 2022 and um Oregon will rebuild that sure. because it will be the Danube of America one day. Yeah, you're talking about a, a, a car-free bike experience from Troutdale, effectively, to the Dalles. Yeah. Por- Portland to the Dalles. Yeah, Portland to the Dalles. Well, I don't want to get to... One day. Yeah. No. And that's supposed to be like five years after 2022. So but, 2020... But even on day one, if you can bike from Portland to Troutdale, then... You're, you're car-free along the gorge all the way through, and you, you wind up, you go through all these amazing cities in the gorge, and you're in these cliffs, and there's waterfalls. And, yeah, and yeah. You, this biking. has been my favorite ride you, for a long time. Yeah, you're time, biking yeah. through it, but but right now you have that section, is it five miles, six miles of interstate yeah. shoulder? Yeah. Yes, uh, along I-84. I-84, yeah. yeah. So it's super narrow, yeah. and, and there there are not many people who will do it. And the few that we've talked to are like, this is, yeah, they, they wouldn't do it again. Right. So it's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a $150 million project waiting to be funded. And that's what they're relying on to connect it. But once it connects, Hood River is going to be, have the historic Columbia River Highway going through it, the timber trail ending in it. And so, um, I'm super excited about, I'm optimistic about 
bike tourism in Oregon in general. It's going to be incredible. I mean, people are going to come here from around the world because if you can if you can bike on single track, yeah, single yeah, car free, you can bike side by side and have a conversation, and you can go from a place like Portland through places like Hood River and Mosier and the Dells. It, with that scenery, there's nothing that can rival that in the U.S. And honestly, not that many places in the world. I mean, that's going to be world class. That's going to be incredible. They just have to finish the little pieces, little connections. Yeah. It's little stuff. It's small, but it, it, it's, a, it's a viaduct. It's so, the places where you die. Yeah, well, the places where <laughs> you right. could get killed. Well, it, well it's because it's, so we raised the level of the water. When they built the Bonneville Dam, the water level raised up like 30 feet. Right. And the uh, the railroad tracks got – they displaced the road. The road displaced the – you know, so this is all this jumble from the the 40s through the 70s where everything sort of shuffled up the hill. And so I know it's, it's a crowded space where you have uh, interstate needs, you have rail needs, and you have – Let's, let's just call it "quote unquote" other, which other could be uh, sort of slow car traffic or, or bikes, and they're all competing up a hill, you know. And there's less of that hill left after the the Bonneville Dam went in. But so I, a plan, you know, as a um, as a cartographer, what Aaron and Brock, what are your favorite sections of the historic Columbia River Highway? I would say right after um, Multnomah Falls. And you keep going east into Cascade Locks, that whole section right there. Um, and that's what just and, got nailed. Yeah, yeah. And I was <laughs> going to say, like, and I and I, I hate to kind of, like, rub salt into, yeah. like, a, a fresh wound. But, yeah, the, the Anianta uh, uh, tunnel was always fun because it was, it was a pedestrian tunnel as well. It was, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. shared space. Absolutely. And so I could ride there, like, fully loaded and sometimes – very rarely, but sometimes like have kind of these single serving conversations with people like, whoa, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm going camping up here. Oh, wow. That's cool. It's all loaded on your bike. Yep. Self-contained. And then, you know, riding off. Yeah. We, we just saw a couple that was, they were from Central America that were riding through and we were uh, hiking up the Oneonta. No. Uh, oh yeah. We were doing the Oneonta for the first yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. The first time we ever like, we had like, I had a wetsuit cause I'm a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Megan had like a bikini on, but either way, like yeah, everyone is adjusted to their temperature range. And, no, and I, I would be right there with you. Man. Yeah, thank yeah. you, thank yeah. you. Three, two, wetsuit. Uh, so it, we we were like getting ready to go, and and these guys sort of rolled up and asked a question, and then Megan was like, "Well, where are you going? What are you looking for?" Yeah. Oh yeah. Where do you, what do you need to go? And they, like, she gave a couple of pointers of where it is, but they're just rolling through there, and that that happens all the time now when it's not perfectly connected. Can you imagine how many people would do this if it was perfectly connected? Yeah, how amazing that would be. Oh, and then there was a girl when we got done with that gorge um, hike. We noticed her by herself biking from Portland, and I asked her where she was spending the night. And she's like, I don't really know how far I'm going to go. Maybe um, uh, right after Horsetail, Horsetail Falls. And I was like, you need to go all the way to Cascade. Cascade Locks and spend the night at Thunder Island Brewing because yes. they will accommodate you in their back yard. She's yeah. like, oh my god, a brewery and camping at the same time. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I was like, the train goes right there, so it's kind of loud. She's like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> she was so she was so you excited. You had me at brewery, yeah, and brewer, camping, brewery and camping at the same time. Yeah. So if you had signage, if you had uh, wayfinding signage along that route. Almost definitely. Yeah, yeah. They, they just said, like, how long you have to go for food or for camping or for water, you know. 
if you knew that as speaking as a former you know sort of bike tour with a kid like you need to know how to pace yourself how far do I need to go before I can get fed before I can sleep before I can have water and you you need the sort of contiguous signage all the way down that says well there's a place to camp here there's a place to sleep here there's a town here there's food here there's water here and we're close to that and that's where she started picking up work and sure. this is this is the beginnings of uh, wayfinding signage along the Columbia River, you know, uh, uh, the old historic Columbia River Highway, where these towns are saying, okay, well, we begin to have funding for signage. Uh, here are the businesses in our town. The highway goes that way and that way. And by front of the river, I'm ready. I'm pointing in front of me and behind me. The town goes, the highway goes that way and it goes that way. Okay, but, but those are relative. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. But, but either way, while you're here, if you want food, here's a list of food. Right. Which uh, was actually really and, tough in Hood River because yeah, um, there's so much good food <laughs> and I had to narrow it down um, and try not to be political. Um, oh, because yeah. I just, that I just could, picked out all my happen. favorite spots. Yeah. Um, and I was like, you can, yeah. the Department of Public Works, you can blame it on me because I don't know anybody. We played the new kid card. Yeah. Like, <laughs> these are the places I like and if you don't like it, you can sort of all blacklist us and we're new and, you know, whatever. We'll still be okay. <laughs> Uh, so you're looking for where can I get food? Where can I get band aids? Where can I get uh, you know? Uh, where can I to lay sleep? my head? Yeah. Where can I lay down and sleep? And and that's what people are looking for. And this ties into earlier topics today, where um, you have certain kinds of funding available. Take take that as a blanket generic statement. Certain kinds of there's there's money sitting around waiting for a certain kind of usage, and you may not think it's pointed directly at what you want to do. But if you can sort of snuggle your way sideways into what they're doing, sure. the if next, you could make it like the last the mile next solution, thing or whatever. you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. last mile solution for Hubway in Boston. Oh, I, I snuggle up to the bus system. Here's your funding. Okay, uh, you go to Boulder, Colorado, and you're looking to put on all these bikeways underneath all these roadways, underpasses, underpasses exactly. And you have this clever state senator. Who was it? You know I, don't, I have no idea who did it. Who did so, it? But someone, it was, some, it was some flood mitigation. Yeah. He said, "Oh, you know what? This is all flood mitigation. This is how people are going to get out of town when the rivers flood." Oh, oh snap! No, no, this is, no, where, no, the it's where the water is going to go. Gonna go. Where the water is yeah. going to go. Yeah. Here's right. a giant check. Go ahead and do what you wanted to do. <laughs> so yeah. the, the thing is, there there are ways to pick every lock. And I know whatever wherever you are. So you're thinking bike about evacuation sign. No. I, <laughs> It, it should have nothing and to that, do that with... That makes sense. In the case of a zombie apocalypse... In the Cascadia subduction environment, bakery. you've got to know which way your uh, your route is. All I'm, I'm going to have some nicely curated signs. I strongly suspect people listening to this podcast want to pick the same locks that I want to pick. Sure. And you and should be CDC aware... the CDC has a lot of money. There are ways yeah. to pick these locks. You just need to think creatively about how you pick them. And Get one that of the zombie w- money. <laughs> Dude, that zombie money. Get that zombie money. Start thinking about zombies and thinking about how you would bike away from those zombies and then request with that Brompton. zombie money with your yes. Brompton. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you, you have people listening to you. And an inflatable kayak. That's all yeah. you need. <laughs> Pretty much. And it works. I'm just saying it works. So there are examples yeah. that it works. No, this is that's a really cool idea. You know, um, I'm not a very wonky person, and so that's why I like you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 
So I tend to I tend to like see things in a in a fairly direct way. Like, oh well, if we need to fund transit, we gotta go to the transit people. If we need to, you know, um, I don't know, like worry about the the road infrastructure, we need to talk to the the dots, you know, of of wherever we are. And this is such a this is such an eye opening part of the conversation of like well it doesn't have to be that way yeah it's a nope, systems you know. approach to solving major world problems it could be the bureau of you know the water or the well, bureau of the zombie apocalypse or whatever you and, know and, and a lot of these things a lot of these things start by the way just just from an outsider guy who has like a regular job with benefits and stuff watching the advocates who are all sitting around me at the table who are actually doing the real work a lot of these things actually start when these people are approachable intelligent uh, who are understanding and who who are who have conversations, and that that's like a misunderstood word. It's underappreciated word. Who have conversations with uh, either a state representative or a state senator or a city council member or someone who has that other link and who has been bitten by other people who are too aggressive about it. And who, uh-huh. who, when, when you're approachable and when you're recognized as being rational, logical, and calm. It's one thing to say, like, we need this infrastructure. We need this infrastructure. I want, we need I this want, fund. I want. Right, right. It's another thing of, like, how can we get this infrastructure? Basic how negotiation. Does, yeah. What do you have? Here's what I have. How can we assemble the most amazing thing out of those pieces? Well, I have this funding over here, but it's for a slightly different thing. Well, I have these people yelling at me, uh, us around the table, that they want these bike lanes or they want this signage or they want this whatever. Uh how can we – is there a little overlap in the Venn diagram? Can we possibly get these two things in the same place? Well, sure. All you got to do is say this is what you would do in the event of a flood. Yep. <laughs> and it can be that yep. dumb and that – you know, uh, it's a little bit silly. But honestly, it's also true, which is the part that matters. You could totally – the water goes through those underpasses and you can get out of town. And this that happened in Massachusetts too. Yep. Yeah, this was a whole uh, big funding thing for a big path in Massachusetts for evacuation purposes. Yeah. So there's a history of this. You can cite precedents if you're a lawyer. You can say, like, this is how people get funding for these well, paths. Well, I mean, you have the Cascadia subduction zone. <laughs> you know it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. You I know love, it's coming. I, you you I have a whole swath of the West Coast that you know will have a refugee need. Yep. So just start plugging away at that. You know, we have the East Coast Greenway right on the East Coast. And it's uh, modeled off the Appalachian Trail, and it goes from Maine to Florida, and it's going to be amazing. And, you know, maybe 30 or 40 years out, it'll be done. Uh, maybe 130, 140 years out, it'll be done. <laughs> Here you've got the Oregon Trail. And once it's Washington, you're like, oh, well, who knows? Or, you know, what what really goes on. So I think, you know, what you're looking at, what's the next step for Bike About? Maybe it is that stitching together the regional needs of what you're looking at. Yeah. It's, I, it's, it's real. You, you it, What you do is you identify uh, demonstrably accurate fears. Uh, this is a real thing you should be prepared for. And that one of the one of the things that I think even conservatives will agree on that government should do is that you prepare for uh, – demonstrably real uh, emerges in the future. And you say, okay, well, if you want to be prepared for this, build a paved pathway that gets away from the disaster somewhere else. So everybody needs to buy a cargo bike, and we need to have a whole bunch of bike paths that <laughs> So this, yeah, this is a great idea. So somebody who's... Cascadia subduction zone into solid ground. Yes. Someone who's more wonky and more connected than me, this is what you need to do. <laughs> 
you create a system of bike paths that specifically get out of Portland into <laughs> like other areas. And, and this could boost tourism in those areas, mm-hmm. but you wedge it into this whole like disaster relief kind well, of resiliency. People <clears throat> take care yes. of people taking care of themselves. Yes. It's the get out, get out of Portland plan is what we're doing here. And it's, it's a, it's a system of bikeways to just specifically get out of Portland in the case of disaster. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll call the, the bug out bikeways. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, I like it. And I'm very, very proud that my bike about conversation turned into um, <laughs> both both advocacy and resiliency, both both of topics I'm very passionate you about. You guys have hidden the tap route, by the way, that drives all of it anyway. Well, yeah. and coffee yeah. shops along the way. She'll, right, right, there's a lot of maps of all the good spots that you need to stop at. Breweries will still be operational, we hope. Yes. It's very important. First build it, then get loaded. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, for being here. Really appreciate it. Again, it's uh, Megan, and Annika's over there uh, hanging out. Annika, thank you for being with us. Uh, Aaron, thank you for being here. I gave a thumbs okay. up. That's the worst thing you can do in an audio <laughs> format. Yeah. No one heard that, Aaron. <laughs> Nobody. Galen, Jess, and Kyle. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank uh, you, Brock. Yes. Again, this is a pleasure. It, it's bikeabout.com. With no E. With no, B-I-K-A-B-O-U-T mm-hmm. yeah. dot com. That's how it would work. That's phonetically correct. Yeah, yeah. well. You, you dropped the E. There was a lot of know? debate when we were. That and also uh, someone in the Czech Republic had bike about with an E in it. BK a boat. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work as well phonetically. No. And again, no. uh, bike talk 881 dot. Dot com? I think it's a com. <laughs> okay. Look if for it on They the don't internet. even know. <laughs> if, <laughs> if Molly was here. Know. Molly, we miss you. Or, or listen uh, live Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. Every other Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern on WMBR.org. WMBR, WMBR in Cambridge. That's right. So, uh, like World Mountain Bike Ride, right? Oh, is gosh. The, oh, also, gosh. close to the World Naked Bike Ride. But it's That's the, WNBR. But it's yeah. Yeah. Yes, the World Mountain Bike yeah. Ride. Type carefully, people. That's right. <laughs> um, Don't Google us. So we really appreciate everybody being here. This has been fantastic. Uh, this is amazing. This is the hottest little airstream I've ever been in. That's right. It used to be cold. <laughs> we had the AC on at one point, but nobody likes the sound of that. It wasn't that hot, but Megan and I biked here in that. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. Hey, uh, Aaron, you want to yes, pull sir. up uh, old credits? Probably. We'll, we'll read those. I, I've actually got new credits oh, sweet. in a uh, show notes for the future. Okay. Uh, well, let's let's read those. And uh, as we're preparing for that, uh, you guys do a thing on Bike Talk that's Bike Joy, right? Yeah. yeah. What was your Bike yeah. Joy this week? Uh, let's give the tiniest snippet from everybody. Go. Around the room. Oh, me first? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I mean, my bike with joy is just generally being in a new city and biking is the best possible way to ever explore any new city. My bike joy is getting to the train station, unfolding, packing, and riding right away. What's your bike joy, Megan? My bike joy was biking from Cascade Locks to Wakala Falls Trailhead on uh, a new section of the historic Columbia River Highway that involved um, pushing all three of our bikes up um, a staircase that had accommodations for bike tires nice. um, oh, yeah. and then swimming in 102 degree degre- 102 degree weather in probably like uh, 40 degree water, 50 degree water. Oh, nice. Yes. That nice. was awesome. 
my bike joy was uh, we're in, the, in a move. We're moving out of a rental property into a purchase, but there's a, like a three to five week gap. Crossing my fingers in front of the microphone is three weeks. Uh, meanwhile, I brew beer a lot. So I had to bike two full carboys of beer mid-process down from the heights of the river down to work and put them under my desk. And I have a cargo bike. I have a Urban Arrow electrified Bach Feats. And so I brought not just two carboys of beer, but two Bromptons and a uh, inflatable stand-up pedal board and the, and, uh, the motor for that all down to work back and forth for two days and just trucked it upstairs and smiled at everyone and said, yeah, I'm moving. Don't ask. I'm moving. All by bike. It was fantastic. I've, I've got an additional one that oh, happened yeah. uh, in, in Portland. This we were at a hotel. This is my cycling joy. Yes, this is my cycling. No, this is my bike joy. This is my folding bike joy, actually. <laughs> if I could just do a folding bike joy. A subset. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, pulling the hotel and this... Uh, Artist who is in town with his band. His name is Blaze Bailey. He came up and he's like, "Oh, talking about all my folding bike. How's this work?" And he wants to get a folding bike for his touring van so he can go around. So I've, I had him fold up my bike and also, and then he added me to the guest list for his show while he's in town here. Oh, hey! So you know the 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 commonality of uh, cycling that is my folding bike. That now I've like felt integrated in with. We're both transients here, and we both found this like common union with my folding bike. So that's my bike joy. You've made a new uh, a new David Byrne. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he rides a folding bike too. Yes, famously. And uh, Aaron, you got one. Uh, my bike joy happened just before I got here. Ooh. And uh, Anna is doing a thing with Clever tomorrow morning. Unfortunately, I can't remember what it is or okay. where it is. Sometime. We have to be there sometime before 10 o'clock, and it includes hauling a couple Bromptons and various items out of Clever Cycles um, by, well, Dews, which I brought with me, and I, a long tail. I don't, yeah, it is an extra cycle. I didn't want to, like, say the name and be wrong. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it is an extra cycle. So, so you're going to move by cargo, trike? <laughs> yeah, but it's other people's stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's cool, like, riding around town with, like, you know, bikes in bikes. Hauling Bromptons by cargo. I, I have no, seen totally. that Portlandia sketch. Yeah. <laughs> that is an actual thing. Megan hauled a Brompton on the front of a, a gazelle, with, just with like a sort of L front rack on it. Like really? Mounted a. Yeah, yeah. It's Bromptons, man. Bromptons are a magic trick. Please <laughs> send me one for my daughter. <laughs> Sponsored Please by. Send me one for my daughter right now. You're welcome. Oh my god. My bike joy was uh, Aaron Delaney and I did a bike camping oh, yeah, trip right pictures. before the fire smoke Beautiful. got really heavy in Portland, and we were out in the the woods, and we did like. 40 miles over two days, plus a four-mile hike up and a four-mile hike down, an overnight camping trip, and some dude that showed up at midnight wouldn't leave. Oh, so, my God. Uh, the bicycle made it all worthwhile. It was a lot of fun. I want you to invite me uh, for several reasons. A, I want to do that kind of thing, and B, I'll kick that guy out. <laughs> I should have. I should have. It was, I'm I was that guy. I'm the, I'm the one that just like, hey, you're leaving. Yeah. And, and this is happening right now. Yeah, I didn't even want him to leave. I just wanted to go like around the rock so I wouldn't hear no, when I was no, trying to sleep. No, no, I'll follow him down the trail. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, going outside in the woods is good. So uh, with that, we're going to close out our show here. Sure. Uh, this has been a good, uh, it's a gut-busting episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's been fantastic. All right, you ready? Uh, yes. 
The Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio thanks to the generous support of Open Signal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email to thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call or text 503-847-9774. Twitter and the Instagrams at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Herbert for our headline sounder. Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to our sustaining donors, Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katrina Mellumgard. Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson, Ethan Georgie. Justin Marr and Eric Iverson, Cameron Lane. Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish. Matt Kelly, Eric Wise, Todd Parker. Dan Gebhardt, who's a time traveler. Zoe Campagna, Dave Knows. Chris Smith, Christy Kaster, J- uh, Caleb Jenkinson. J.P. Cooley, Peanut Butter Jar Matt, Patrick Archain. Sebastian Poole, Marco Lowe, Rich Outerstrom. Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, John- Anna. John Wasserman, Andre Johnson, King of Division. Josh Zisson, Richard G., Guthrie Straw. Aaron Green, author of We Were Like Sons, founder of the Regranary. Campsite, Mac Nurse David. Kathy at Cycling, Walking, Eating, Talking. Nathan Poulton, Chris Rosson, Rory in Michigan. Michael Flournoy, Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay. Tim Coleman, Mr. T, Harry Hugel. Ed Whitman, E.J. Finner, and Paul Culbertson, if that's your real name. It's probably not. Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skato, Keith Hutchinson. Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam. Derek Wagoner, Jason Oftenberg, Microcosm Publishing. David Moore, Dennis O'Brien, Todd Grosbeck. And Chris Barron. Chris Barron and Chris Barron. And all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Now brush your teeth. And go to bed. Go to bed.